Good morning, everybody. Yeah, welcome to summer, right? The unofficial start, Memorial Day. We are so excited about it here at Hope that we decided we needed to uh, start our own tradition, and so we're, we're doing hot dogs. Right? I know. So I brought a ton of hot dogs. They're cooking them over in Voorhees. And uh, so we got them wrapped in foil and in a thermal bag. So they're going to be piping hot. We've got all the fixins, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Well, lukewarm, piping hot. Um, they're fully cooked. That's right. I watched them. Anything that fell on the ground stayed in Voorhees, because you know those people will eat anything. Um, so I hope that you'll, uh, you'll stick around after our time of worship uh, to enjoy a hot dog and spend some time continuing the conversations that you had just started. Um, it is Memorial Day, and um, while it is kind of this unofficial start uh, to the holiday, we also recognize that it is a national time of remembrance, remembering the uh, people who have defended this country um, who paid the ultimate price uh, for uh, this country, uh, for our freedoms and our liberties. And uh, there are families today uh, who are feeling that loss. Uh, it, for them, it's not just a concept, it's a reality. So as we get started, let's, let's just take a moment and, uh, and pray for those families um, and pray for our nation. Let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, how grateful we are that you called into being this country founded by Christ followers, founded by people who were seeking liberty and opportunity. And we're grateful, Lord, that in our history that there have been people who have defended this country with their very lives. And we're grateful for their sacrifice. That there are men and women today who are in our armed forces, standing in harm's way, defending the privileges that we enjoy and often take for granted. God, this morning we gather our voices, along with countless voices around this, this great nation, in praying for families who are grieving today, who have lost a daughter, who have lost a son uh, in military service, those who are deployed and far from home, far from family. God, we pray for them. Ask your blessing on them and on this nation, and may we rise to the high calling upon which this country was founded. Lord, we pray for your continued blessing and are grateful for all of the ways that you have shown your blessing to this country. It is with grateful hearts that we give you thanks. And all God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So it's a holiday. It's, uh, it reminded me as I was thinking about that, about holidays, and I was wondering, do you have a favorite holiday? Do you have a favorite? Um, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm actually interested. Do you have a favorite holiday? 
Thanksgiving, okay. Fourth of July, Christmas, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, great national holidays. I have one too, and, my, and Susie and I share the one. I'm sure a lot of you, uh, I, I love Thanksgiving. And what I love about Thanksgiving is its incredible simplicity, right? Food and gratitude. Food and gratitude. That's, that's kind of the essence of Thanksgiving. Really amazing food and, uh, and then just, you know, giving thanks for the blessings in our lives. I love that. Um, and, oh, and family. That, that's the other part. Food, <laughs> gratitude, and family. Um, and so growing up, it was a family event for, for me. Um, I have great memories of uh, Thanksgiving and spending time with family. And uh, we would always gather extended family, and uh, um, there was, you know, the food, there was the, the uh, children's table, you know, that was part of the deal. And uh, in my family, we loved to sing, and so music was always a part of our Thanksgiving celebration. So it was a big family thing. The worst Thanksgiving I ever had, I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was in my early 20s. And at the time, I was working for the Department of Corrections of Oklahoma. And uh, so I had to work on Thanksgiving night. So I didn't get to go home uh, to be with family. And a lot of my friends at that time were traveling and uh, so one friend I had, his sister had just moved to Tulsa, and um, she was his sister and kind of cute, and so I said, hey, you're alone, I'm alone, why don't we get together, um, why don't you come to my place, and we'll have Thanksgiving together. And she said, sure, sounds good. Now, <clears throat> what was true of me then is still true of me today, I don't cook like, I, I don't get, I don't know, I just can't cook. So the whole idea of, you know, I'm going to cook a turkey and so forth was not going to happen. And uh, so a day or so before Thanksgiving, she said, so what can I bring? Can I bring anything? And I said, well, yeah, I don't know. She said, you know, I, here's the thing. I don't really cook, but I've got this great idea because, you know, it's Thanksgiving. And so I want, you know, want turkey and you want vegetables and you want pie. So... I think I'm going to um, get some frozen turkey pot pies. Because it's all there, right? You've got turkey and vegetables and pie. So she called the next day and explained why she couldn't come <laughs> to my Thanksgiving party. Um, so I spent that Thanksgiving alone. I was hoping it would get an awe because it, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. And then had to go to work that night. So technically, it was Thanksgiving that day, right? That Thursday arrived, it was Thanksgiving, but not really, right? We're talking about worship plus two in this series. And this week and last week, our focus is on worship. And really, in this series, what we're trying to do is encourage you to do what you're doing right now. Come to worship it's important that we do that, and I want to you know, share some thoughts about that with you this morning. Um, the plus two is, um, in addition to worship, we want to encourage you to be investing in your own spiritual growth. And one of the ways that we express that is through uh, uh, being a part of a small group, 
So yeah, you can grow um, and invest on your own, and you should, but, but uh, also to do that is, in a community setting is important. And the second part of the plus two is to serve. The, your God-given gifts and abilities and talents and so forth, that you use those to bless others, to serve others. And so we're, we're in this series where we're just kind of emphasizing that. Come to worship, be a part of a small group, part of a growth-oriented uh, ministry for your own personal growth, and be a part of serving others um, as you grow in your faith. So can you worship by yourself? Yes, you can, and you should. But that's not the totality of worship, that we are called to worship together. And so it's sort of like that Thanksgiving, you know, it was still Thanksgiving, that, that sad, sad Thanksgiving day, but not really, because I was missing out on the community thing. Last week in Voorhees, I talked about ritual and the importance of ritual, which is interesting because I'm not a big ritual guy. But there is value in ritual. What ritual does is it connects us to something bigger than ourselves, something of, of great value, something beyond just me. Ritual connects me that way. And ritual also gives me my identity. So I don't know how you feel about ritual, but the fact is you all have them. We all have rituals that connect us to something bigger than ourselves, some value, and helps give us our identity. So we've got a national identity, right? So Memorial Day is a ritual. Regardless of what you do, the fact that every year we recognize Memorial Day makes it a ritual, and it connects us to our national heritage, our national identity, and we do that corporately. As a family, my family, the boys that Marilyn and I raised, the two boys, we had rituals. So one of our rituals was family dinner. We established very early on in our family life that we were going to have dinner every night together. And that wasn't easy, especially as the kids got older, right? It was difficult because there are so many demands, you know, there Sports things and school things and friend things and our jobs and so forth, all of those things that would pull us apart. But the reason we insisted on family dinner was we wanted to communicate to our sons that while there's lots of things that are important, lots of really good things that are important, there is something uniquely special about this family unit. And so we are going to be committed that we're going to get together every night for family dinner. And there wasn't a lot of ritual around that. Um, we all had our little jobs that we had to do to help get the meal um, on the table. We would sit down in the same seats. We all, you know, had the same seats. We would join hands, and we would pray together, and then we would eat. And it was usually very fast, you know. So this wasn't a long thing, an hour of sitting around. It was maybe a half an hour. But it was just that time of catching up with each other, of speaking with... Oh, the other tradition, I, for, I forgot, this was the most endearing of our traditions. After we would pray, Marilyn and I would kiss. Nothing? 
Oh, there it is. There it is. Or ooh. Um, so in that tradition of, of that meal together, we were establishing some things for our sons, right? That family is important. It is uniquely important. That God is a part of our gathering. He is, he is uh, with us. And so the, the prayer thing was, was that message. The kiss was that mom and dad love each other. Right? And that would be reinforced night after night after night after night. And while at times we wondered, you know, why are we doing this? And it was frustrating schedules and so forth. They're now both grown. And I'm so glad that we had that ritual as a part of our lives. It helped them understand a value or values that are important that they will carry through life. And it gave them a sense of their own identity. That's the power of a ritual. Worship is a ritual, right? We gather every week, 52 weeks a year. We don't miss. This, this gathering started in January a year ago. And from that first Sunday until now, you haven't missed. Every single Sunday, there's a gathering. It's a ritual. And what happens in worship as a ritual is that we are reminded of who we are and whose we are. Who we are and whose we are. We are children of God, created in the image of God. Created by a God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who loved us so much that he gave his life for us, that we might have salvation, and an abundant kind of life. That's whose we are. And we're reminded of that in these weekly gatherings because sometimes it's easy to get lost in everything else that's going on in the world and what the world has to say about who we are and whose we are. That's the ritual. Now, oftentimes when we think about religious rituals, we think about doing these certain things in the same way, ritualistically, right? The same things, the same steps, week after week, moment after moment, and so forth. And that's not really the same thing. There are rituals that happen within churches. Um, and this is where I'm not a ritual guy. I was recently at a uh, church that's, um, very ritualistic in the way that they do worship. Okay? So they, they have a very set pattern of things that they do from the beginning to the end. There's words that they say, there's prayers that they pray, there's uh, things that they do in the context of worship, and they do the same thing over and over and over and over. So I was in that church uh, recently, and actually I was thinking that the last time I was in that church was probably eight or ten years ago. And as we were going through it, I thought, this is exactly the same thing that was happening eight years ago when I was here before. Two things occurred to me as I was listening to this um, service go on. One is that the words that are being spoken here are powerful words filled with truth, much of it right out of Scripture. And so it was really rich, rich stuff. 
But the second thing that occurred to me as I was listening to it is that there was no energy in this at all, right? So it was, people were saying the words and it was, things were going on up front and so forth. And, uh, but it was all kind of very rote. It was just, you know, like we got to do these things uh, to get through. So it, I don't know, it, it counts. So that's, and honestly, I know that for some people, that is really helpful. That that kind of ritualistic thing, uh, they find comfort in that, and, uh, and it speaks to them in a deep way. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that there's no value in that. It, it certainly, there's certainly a value to it. Um, and uh, if that's the kind of thing that's helpful for you, <laughs> you're not here right now. So I, don't, I, I can't imagine that, that you'd be here. Um, but there are things that we do in worship, right? So when, when we were planning worship, what's worship going to look like at Hope Church? Um, it was very interesting. So we're, now we're going back, um, almost, well, 30 years, back in the core, what we would call the core group days. Before the uh, church in Voorhees launched, um, there was a group of about 12 of us that were, that were involved in this process. And so we were talking about worship. Uh, Randy Peterson, who led us in that psalm, Randy uh, was part of that, of that group back then. And uh, so we began to talk about things that will be in worship. And so, you know, we would say things like, well, on the altar table, we need to have candles and we should have a Bible. And, and Randy would say, why candles? Why an altar table at all? Why, why are we doing that? It was, you know, he, he asked that question over and over and over again. And it was, you know, quite annoying. Um, <laughs> yes, way to go, Randy. But it, what Randy was doing was he was challenging what is essential in worship? What, what are we called to do in worship? And so then we began to strip things away, like, well, yeah, I guess that's a tradition, but it's not really something that we have to do. It's just something that we've always done. And so it really comes down to things like prayer. Prayer is an essential part of a worship service. Music. Anytime you read about worship in Scripture, it seems there is music involved in it. And so that's why we... That's why we include music in it. It's a, it's a time of, of celebration. It's a time of adoration to God, and, and music is just a natural way for us as human beings to express that. So, so music will be a part of it. What kind of music? It doesn't matter. It could be any kind of music. There is no good music, right music, religious music. It's what speaks to the people. There'll be teaching from the Word of God. So these are the things that are going to be part of our worship time. And beyond that, we can change things up, and we have. This service is probably different than it was when you guys were in the school, right? It changed in some respects because of the, of the venue. That impacts it. So, so change is a good thing. The ritual, the important part, is that we gather together. 
that we do it as a part of community. So I've gone this far, and we haven't had any scripture, so we need to correct that. We are in this series, we're looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is one of those passages of scripture that is what we call one of our go-tos. All right? This is an important uh, piece of scripture because it describes in six verses what the early church, what the first church was doing. What were the things that were important to them? Because those things continue to be important today. And so it's a reminder, and I need to go back to it, um, if not every year, every couple of years, just to be reminded and to remind others, this is what the church did in those early days. It's kind of a baby picture of the church. So we're looking at those six verses. I want to just uh, highlight two this morning. Uh, Verse 42 and then verse 46, all right? So do we have the uh, words for, uh, for, for that? And there they are, all right. So let's read this together, all right? So it's a community thing, let's read this together. Verse 42 says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and... And then verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So in, this, in these six verses describing the early church, what we see is community. They're doing it in community. They're learning together, right? They're at the the feet of the apostles, learning about what Jesus said and what he did, but they're doing it together. They're sharing what they have together. They're in the temple in worship together. And then there is, in both those verses, what's so interesting to me is that they are meeting in each other's homes. They're meeting in each other's homes. That there is a fellowship Developing Now, you remember where the story, the context of the story, just real quick. So, Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has come on to the believers. They shared the good news of Jesus with everybody in the streets of Jerusalem. 3,000 people were converted and, uh, and began to put their trust in Jesus in that moment. So, that's the backstory. And then comes this Acts 2, this is what they did. So these are, many of them, strangers to each other. They don't know each other. And so they're, yeah, they're learning about their faith. They're learning about Jesus. They're learning about how he is the fulfillment of the prophets, that he is the promised Messiah who has come, that he is the Christ. They're learning all of that. And they're developing friendships. They're meeting in each other's homes. This version makes it sound a little more spiritual because in both cases it references the Lord's Supper. And that's inferred perhaps in these passages, but the actual translation doesn't use those. It's not the Lord's Supper. It's that they ate meals together. They broke bread together in each other's homes. And so the assumption is that they would have been doing the Lord's Supper uh, together, and I'm sure they did as part of it. But 
it was also just about getting together in each other's homes. We come together in corporate worship to become friends. That's why there's hot dogs, right? It's not that we were, you know, just trying to be, well, I was going to say be cool, but if we were trying to be cool, it wouldn't be hot dogs. Um, We want to encourage you to become friends. We are called into this kind of community experience Not to just be strangers where we come together, we put in our time, and we go. I was talking to one friend, and he was was marveling at uh, the fact that people would come uh, come to Hope, and they'd come early, and then they wouldn't leave after the service was over. They'd hang around. And what he said to me, I never forgot it. He said, the church I grew up in, nobody would take their coat off. Because if you took your coat off, it was an indication that you were planning on staying and nobody wanted to stay, right? So this whole idea of corporate worship is not only that we are offering our praise and our adoration to God, that we are gathering to learn about God, but that we are also coming together to be friends, and to develop these friendships with each other. So that as we worship God, we worship as a community, as a family of brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a part of our identity. This is so countercultural today, isn't it? We live in an increasingly isolated society. I was reading some uh, studies that have been done uh, recently on this idea of our growing isolation. Fascinating. In, 19, in the 1980s, a broad study was done uh, um, throughout America. And what they said was, at that time, in the 1980s, about 20% of our population identified themselves as being lonely. That they had this sense of loneliness. That study was redone recently, and that number has more than doubled, more than doubled. Over 40% of Americans identify as being lonely. Well, it makes sense, because we've created an Amazon culture. Everything comes to me, right? I don't have to go shopping, it comes to me. I don't even have to go out to a restaurant, it can come to me, Grubhub. Right? I don't have to I don't have to go to a movie. The movie comes to me. I don't have to go to church. I can watch a service online. Why would I listen to Rick Court when I can listen to Andy Stanley? I don't know why I shifted to Rick, but you know. I can listen to praise music on my radio, right? So we have it all coming to us. Worship is this idea, like I have to go somewhere at a given time that may not be convenient. It's very countercultural. And yet it is so 
important. The other thing, the other study I saw was uh, the physical ramifications of isolation and that feeling of loneliness. That there's actual studies that have been done about the effects on our physical body when we feel that way. It makes us less healthy physically. And for a culture where people are so concerned about their health, that's kind of a big deal. So we're gathered here together. We sing together. We pray together. We learn together. We serve together. And it is a constant reminder to us of who we are. Of who we are and whose we are. I shared about the worst Thanksgiving I had, and I'll close with a story of the best Thanksgiving I ever had. Um, It was about 12 years ago. My mom had had a stroke, and it was a pretty debilitating stroke. she She couldn't walk after the stroke, and it affected her ability to speak. And so she was in a convalescent uh, center going through all of the physical and occupational and speech therapies, all of that stuff, uh, trying to regain some of, of that. And, um, and Thanksgiving was coming along. And so there was a brief question about, well, what do we do among the siblings, among the family? Like, I guess we could cancel uh, you know, maybe we'll, you know, one of us could go see mom or something. Um, and that quickly went away, and we decided, let's, let's call the center and see if we can bring Thanksgiving to mom. And they said we could. And so then we started talking about the logistics of it, and it made no sense to do turkey because, you know, that's going to be a big pain in the neck, and besides, mom can't really chew that well. And so we... Um, we brought lasagna. And so this gathering of family, I think there were about 18 of us, all gathered in this convalescent center in a room that they, they set aside for us. And mom was there uh, in her wheelchair, just beaming, being surrounded by her family. Right? Mom had established with us through our growing up years the importance of family, the value of family, and of just being together. Right? The important thing was not the turkey or the mashed potatoes or the pumpkin pie. It was being together. And that there is a strength and a witness when we're together that is different than we're, when we're on our own. So why do we come together for worship? We come together to encourage and support and love each other as families do. And there are times where you're going to come and you're going to leave and you're going to think, I got nothing out of that service. I don't even know why I went. I got nothing out of it. Maybe the question was, what did you bring to it? Your mere presence may have been an encouragement to somebody who was there. Maybe a conversation that you have with somebody was an encouragement to somebody else. You were there 
for somebody else on that Sunday. But you were there. So I just want to encourage you that in this Amazon culture, that you continue to gather together every week. You know, if you're around, that you show up for worship to be reminded of who you are and whose you are. That you participate in this ritual because it matters. It matters to you, it matters to others, and it matters to God. Let's pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you that you call us into a community, to be a part of a community. And that together we can worship you, God, with our whole heart, with our voice, with our mind, with our spirit. We worship you. Thank you for this reminder, God, of who we are because of Christ and who you are to us. And now, Lord, as we continue in this time of worship, through the music and through the hot dogs, we bless you. In the name of the one who blesses us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.